When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody welcome to another edition of the creators outlet just for our podcast only listeners uh to see any of the images we're going to be showing off tonight just go to creators outlet on youtube please subscribe comment and share and then you can watch the video portion there we appreciate you listening and downloading the podcast though and our special guest tonight is mr joe ball hello hello good sir how are you doing tonight Good man, good. It's a you know, it's a good Friday. Other than what we were talking about in the pre-show. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. But uh, yeah, so uh, you've you've been at this uh, a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. In terms of just being a uh, uh, an artist, yeah, basically right out of high school, I went right into working. So I've been at it since I was eighteen. I'm I'm a 
almost 40 now, um, you know, a little less than a year away. So pretty much the last like 18 to 20 years I've been doing this nonstop. Even owned yeah. a few comic shops at one point. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So you've done a little bit of everything in the business. Yeah, I, I get the retail. I get the uh, the consumer side because, you know, I was, I've been buying comics and uh, other collectibles ever since I was a little, little feller. And uh, I've, I've basically had my foot in every aspect of it that I could. And uh, partially that was just due to necessity. Like, you know, the mainstream didn't want me. So I, I was like, well, if all I can do to be involved is indie work and run a shop, then I'll do that. And eventually I was like, yeah, we're not doing the shop any longer. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Rolled that out. It's, it's, it, you literally fall into a groove where you might as well be working in Walmart. Just because it's yours doesn't make it any more fun. You just have a little more control over what the money's being spent on. That's it. Yeah. It's it's got to be, uh, you know, you have to have, like, the right area and the right audience and everything. And and the, the buyers and sellers, uh, you know, yeah, we, just, we just did, come we, and go, so. Me and my business partner, Shane Mess, he's the same guy I own uh, King Toad Studios with, our, our mm -hmm. studio here in Ohio. Um, yeah, we had we had two shops at one point, but it just got to a point where it was like, even though we were we would literally <laughs> go nuts and diamond, which is probably our own fault, to make sure people had like a huge selection, like everything from the the smallest of creators to the biggest. Um, I mean, we we had walls filled with new issues every month. We were we were really on it, but people just did not want them. And this was in 2010 and 11 when we started. And even then, the writing was on the wall. Like you, you would have mega oh, yeah, events yeah. from DC and Marvel, and nobody was buying the stuff. You know, it got to a point where I was like, "Why are we buying like ten copies of Final Crisis? Like we can't even move two. Nobody wants this crap." So, and uh, that was a, that was actually a good read too. It, it you know it had good writing. It's just uh, what's his name's artwork on it was not up to par, even though he was a good artist. Um, uh, dude that draws Hawkman now, I think that it I, his Brian. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but I can't yeah, remember his last name either because uh, that's canceled. Uh, he yeah, well, he did the <laughs> ultimate. You know, oh, Hitch. Like, yes, Brian, Brian, Brian Hitch. Hitch. Yeah, yeah. It was just his style did not lend itself to a book where none of the new gods were drawn like the new gods. The, the characters riding on the giant dogs looked, it just looked like literally like someone traced some Dalmatians. Like it was just yeah. not, it was, there was no dynamics. It was just bare minimum. Like, Hey, let's just drop this in the real world. It's like, nobody wants to see the real world. <laughs> this is comic books. We want it to be exciting and fun and dynamic, not a snooze fest. Oh, so it, it looked a lot like uh, a Sundom uh, Marvel's Marvel zombies issue. Well, even Marvel Zombies was more entertaining than Final Crisis, unfortunately, at least to look at. But, oh, well, anyways, yeah. that's, that's it, water it, under it, the bridge. It, it is what it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was it was going crazy, and they were, they were just, it was just a pissing contest, you know, after the 90s with, with Marvel and DC of, let's see who can throw the most shit at the wall and see what sticks. And Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh... We don't need like 37 Spider-Man comics or or 19 Batman comics. We just need one or two good ones. Yes, yeah. But quality over quantity for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know. Oh, Deadpool like, uh, got to that point too. I mean, I can't tell you how many like 
different Deadpool titles we had on the shelf, and it was unfortunate because that was right about the time like people stopped caring about ten thousand Deadpool comics. Yeah. So it it was it, the timing was just it was partially we opened a shop when certain trends were were fading, and there was nothing really taking its place yet except yeah. pops and magic cards, which have been solid since day one. So yeah, but it, it, it just it, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. And 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 we're here at death, death, death. Yes. Yes, Dude, my this dear. is this is uh very impressive. Oh well, thank you, man. It's my uh, labor of love. It's it's a culmination of everything I've been inspired by and all the things I think are cool and interesting. And I'm trying to package them in a way that hopefully the rest of the world will agree with me. So six days left. Is this is this your final arc on this, or do you have a reup? Uh, this is just my first thirty days. So yeah, oh, okay. I'll probably I'll probably extend. Oh, cool. Yeah, and after that, I'll go in demand. I've got my 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 fulfillment dates uh, late 2022, so I'm gonna push this thing as much as I can in between. Because honestly, I need every dime I can get out of it. So. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a pretty sizable book. Yeah, it's a hefty one. Three hundred plus pages. Yeah. And I mean, at that price, you know, I'm I'm surprised there's. There's only 151 backers and not like 351 backers already. Well, you know, I think it's it's a mishmash of things. Like um, people have been seeing my work in CG for four years now. Um, yeah. So it's not that I'm I'm new to it. Everyone knows who I am. It's just a matter of I think people are backing so many projects the and the times are very uncertain. Like you really can't even predict predict a week ahead right now. Mm-hmm. because we're we're being kept in a state of unstableness in this country. So it's making, well, on the world scale, but it's making people, I think, a little hesitant and a little more careful. But they are getting behind it, and it is a matter of me getting the word out. I know a lot of guys, uh, they do these these YouTube blitzes for like three and four days straight, just nonstop all day. Unfortunately, I can't commit to that, so I have to do – two to four shows a week. I got to kind of spread it out um, just because of life circumstance. You know, I've, I've still got to draw comics for day job to make money outside of this. I've still got little children and diapers at home. I have to keep up with, I still have a home to maintain. My wife works, you know, there's just, there's all those normal things everyone has to equate until they're daily. Yeah. So, the, the, the real world. I mean, uh, adulting, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it leaves a very small window of when I can do shows where people are actually going to have a chance at seeing them, you know. So basically, I have from like uh, eight o'clock to midnight, eight p.m. to midnight each day, where I can try to work something in. And some days I can't even do that because we're just we're so busy right now. It's one of those things where like uh, I launched this, and then a bunch of circumstance I did not foresee all happened <laughs> like within like that same week. So it's it's been an adjustment, but you know it's it's a slow burn. I've been showing artwork from this book for three years now, so it, I I've accepted that everything's going to be gradual with this, and I'm I'm content with that. I can live with it, you know. Yeah, it's uh, you know three hundred plus pages, and uh, how how far along are you on the pages? 
Uh, well, I've been saying around 150, but I forgot I'd actually drawn like six pages last week, so I'm closer to 160 now. Um, oh, so I'm, I'm, that's, I'm that's the like, accolade point. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's just online art. Now, bear in mind, it's not that doesn't count color and lettering, and someone to read through it and make sure the edits are all in place. Um, which edits not a big deal. That doesn't take that much time, even though it's a sizable book. So I can just send it in, you know, chunks of like 10 and 20 pages to the editor. So they're not overwhelmed. But, um, uh, the color, I'd say that's probably around 25 pages deep. Um, just because I've been doing it myself. But once I get some of this Indiegogo money hits the old business bank account, then I can actually hire out a, uh, a flatter and that will cut my time down by half because flatters can just bash through so much stuff that when it comes back to me, I can render out like four to six pages in a day for color. The, the render part's easy. It's those flats that eat up all the time. Yeah, no, nobody likes doing that job. No, they don't because it's Man. a miserable job. And imagine trying to flat my work. It's, it's just made it double miserable for whoever's doing it. So with, with all, oh, it, it, it's, it's just insane because every time, you know, I've just been staring at like the the opening frame from the from the video on the page, and every time I look at it, I see different things. Yeah, there's a lot going on in them. There's a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of I, well, I'm trying to give this book like good reread value too, like where you catch and you notice things kind of after the fact that you didn't catch it first. Or you'll go, oh, wait a minute, this happens later in the book. I bet this thing comes into play from earlier, and you can kind of go back and re-notice things that uh, you may not have caught the first time. Yeah, and at the very least, you can just, you know, after you, after after the people get this and they they read it a couple of times, they'll still be pulling it off their shelf just to look at the artwork. I yeah, I agree. I think so too. And that's not me trying to be an egomaniac. It's just I know what I'm putting into this, and I know what I'm giving people. It's a confidence thing. I'm just in extremely confident in what I do. Well, you've been doing it for 20 plus years, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting that. Uh, we're going to take a look at the trailer. Uh, All right. I've, I've seen the trailer, but I want everybody else to see it. Yep. It, it does have some flashing lights and loud sounds. Fair warning. <laughs> That's a pretty intense trailer, dude. Oh, thank you. That was that's what I was going for. I wanted to uh, barrage the old senses a little bit. Metal. Yeah, I recorded the music too. I've been playing guitar since I was like fourteen. I've been playing drums since like my early twenties. So doing doing music and stuff like that's pretty easy too. I've already got the equipment laying around to record and do things. So, so but there's. There's a mix of luxuries I have in this process, even though it's a lot of work. So you you do all the cool kid jobs, make comics, yeah. make music. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had to do a lot of terrible jobs in between without a doubt. You know, I've worked at restaurants. I've worked at uh, retail stores. I've done all the stuff everybody hates. It's just now I'm at a point where I'm, you know, I don't have to settle or fall back. I pretty much know how to make my money. Yeah. Been there, been there, done that. And then I spent 30 years. uh, I always wanted to uh, DJ because I played, I played some things like I played, you know, I played keyboards and, uh, I played like alto sax for a while. Yeah. Uh, sadly, off the clarinet binge. Uh, in one time at band camp, uh, and uh, you know a couple of you know a couple of things I picked up. You know, wasn't very good at it. And I always wanted to DJ. And uh, one day I just told the owner of the local skating rink that I was a DJ looking for work, and he hired me, and I DJed and. Uh, Right when one of my best friends that worked at one of the ro- local radio stations and his girlfriend, who is now his wife of quite a number of years, uh, walked in. Uh, I just happened to be playing uh, ACDC Back in Black on vinyl at the wrong speed. <laughs> Slow or fast? Oh, too f- way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I say the faster the better, but that's me. Yeah, it was a death metal cover. Yes. So I I, I never made that mistake again, and uh, then I ended up uh, getting jobs at, at the at the local uh, gentle mini clubs, and I worked them for about three years. Hey, you got to learn, and you got to get some experience somehow. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the sites weren't bad, and. Uh, that was until 2016 when my health went to the went to the toilet and uh, I ended up uh, dying on the operating table and got put into a medical coma. Good lord! And uh, was um, pretty much no movement from from the waist down. Took me a year and a half to get uh, like even minimal uh, mobility so I can. You know, scoot around like a, like uh, on a on a walker, like like the old man from The Simpsons, and uh, the rest of the time I'm in a wheelchair. So, how are you doing these days? Uh well, I've been in a, in and out of the hospital for like the last couple of weeks. Uh, no COVID. Um, That's good. Yeah. But uh, I uh, I'm I'm partially getting uh, cellulitis infections. Uh, that was one of the things I had back in 2016. I had cellulitis, sepsis, and acute fasciitis. That's rough, man, because that can get out of hand really quick if you're not careful. I, my wife had that after our uh, first baby, and she had to get put on a uh, antibiotic drip at one point, just get it in check. Yeah, they, they've got me on uh, antibiotic pills right now, and uh, I've got I've got home nursing, so I've got I've got a wound behind behind my knee. So it's in a spot that isn't quite able to uh, to take like you know any kind of medical p- packing to uh, help it heal up. So yeah, yeah, you, it's definitely a very touchy, sensitive spot that's got to be really tough to deal with. You know, so I got I got nurses, you know, coming in and out, and you know, other than that, you know, I got I got this streaming like five or six times a week, and. Uh, 
talking to awesome creators like you and finding out more about everybody's projects. Uh, crying a little bit in my spilled milk afterwards because I wish I had enough money to back everybody's project that I have on. But, well, uh, we, all, we all do, man. There's even some of my friends in CG I haven't got around to back in their current projects yet. And it's it sucks, but I know the time will come when I can I can get to them. I just have to kind of spread it out and uh, do it when I can. I think everyone's kind of in that spot where we're doing we're doing the best we can to support while keeping our own heads above water as well. Yeah, it's, you know, like like I, I try to tell everybody, you know, if you've supported this book, thank you. If you haven't, uh, uh, please consider it. And at the very least, if you have supported it, you know, one way or the other, whether it's by, you know, by word of mouth or just, you know, sharing it out on your social media just to let other people see it is, is a uh -huh. huge help. Yep, every little bit does help. There's no no part of this that a creator can really take for granted, especially in CG where we have an unprecedented um, audience built into something where you can get your stuff seen quick. So this never existed before, and we know this. Like, You had to bank on whoever came into a comic book shop, and nowadays you don't have to, to hope that someone walks by it and takes a look in a comic shop. They've got a full IGG page where they can look over everything really think about it and decide if it's something they want to support or not. And um, it's, it's great because these opportunities just didn't exist in the past. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a plethora of like amazing talent in this, in this CG community. So it's, I mean, I, 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 I haven't had a, I haven't had an active pull list. I've got a couple of things. Uh, through a, you know, I got a couple of things through a shop, but you know, all the mainstream stuff that I've been buying for years, like I go, I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Like I'll pick up some stuff, uh, you know, through Amazon or through direct from the creators and whatnot. But most of what I buy now, it's either old stuff that I like that I can get in collected volumes because I frankly just don't have the space for long boxes at this point in life. I even got, I used to have probably like 12 or 14 long boxes easily. And I've just slowly given all of it away to friends and people I know and just uh, saved, you know, the things I was sentimental about. But um, yeah, I've got about a, a hundred, 150 boxes between long and short. They, they add up quick, man. It doesn't take much. Like, oh. People don't realize like how quick, it can add up if you're not a comic book collector. You know, it's like, how am I out of boxes? <laughs> I just bought three. And then you realize you've got like three piles stacked up four feet high on an end table next to your recliner that yeah, you actually yeah. finished reading, and now you need to put them away so you can open up more stuff. Yeah, but it's it's just the nature of it. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine here where I live. He had a um, he bought this whole giant like. Uh, shelf set up from ikea it was really cool it actually it looked pretty nice too and it was just filled with long boxes and he almost collected exclusively at this point dc books and he just had an amazing dc collection and he still had just piles that there was just nowhere to put them yet because he was getting you know a huge monthly pool this was back in like 2012 mm -hmm. and it, I don't even want to know where it's at by now. He probably has to dedicate a whole room in his house to it at this point. But um, oh yeah, yeah. It's, back, it back then, yeah, I I would go in, uh, you know, because I was make I was making pretty good money, and uh, I would go in and and drop 
probably like a couple of hundred bucks a week at, at my LCS. Yeah. You know, it was like, well, I even, really even when I owned a shop, cause I would buy from, from my own store, obviously I wasn't going to like cut a short and just be taking books home. But, um, yeah, I was I was spending way too much money because there was so much of it right at my disposal. I was like, this is a problem. Every time a guy brings in like a box of Transformers he wants to sell, I buy them. Every time we get a, you know, a shipment of comics in, I'm like, you know, picking out at least five to ten of them for myself. And yeah, I pretty, it, much, it I pretty take... much, yeah, I, I deal with like two shops myself right now. Uh, my LCS that I've been going to since I found it when I was like 15. Uh, is 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 my main shop where I had where I had my pull list, and you know I'll buy you know if he's got them in stock I'll buy my supplies all my supplies through him, and uh, you know I'll buy back issues and trades and if there's a certain like hardcover collection I'm looking for, you know I'll see if he's got it and I'll buy it off of him because I'd rather you know support you know friends in the local community and you know local comic shops than you know, order it like on eBay through somebody I don't know. At least, you know, I know what I'm getting with, you know, certain people. So, and there's, there's another shop that I, that I buy through and they, they're one of those shops. Uh, like you said, you guys were, you basically ordered like, you know, everything, but they, they do, uh, they do like sidewalk sales every week in front of their store and, uh, you know, push books out, take books in and, and buy some, buy some nice collections and they're at, they're at like, you know, now that conventions are back in this area, they're at like every single convention too. So we got, so we got so tired of trying to get rid of the inventory that we, uh, we turned my business partner's basement basically into a inventory hold spot for the leftover stuff. And just like, that's what we use for people's gifts <laughs> for like two years. I'd be like, Oh, my, my little nephews need some birthday presents. I'm going to go sift around your basement. I just because everything was still packaged, it was still new. So I would just we'd go down there and just grab some leftovers up from the stores and divvy it out to friends and family whenever we needed gifts, and that worked out well for a couple years. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, well, it made it made life easier. I could be like, look at all this crap I don't want, but other people love. So yeah, you know that, and you could have just like grabbed grabbed a box and handed out comics on Halloween. I mean, we did. We hooked we hooked up a lot of friends of ours. I had uh, one one pal where we're just like, "Hey, man, you want some comic books?" And he was like, "Sure." So I ended up we went over to his house and dropped off like three or four long boxes. Like, we just have them. We don't even care what's in it. We just gotta get rid of this stuff. Wow. So much room. So we were just giving stuff away to get it out of our hair. Selling. We sold off. Uh, I don't know boxes of manga for like dirt cheap, just basically got our money back on it to some of the locals. And uh oh yeah it, it was what it was. You get detached from things once you're you're selling oh, yeah. too much of it and seeing it too much. It's not as special anymore. So now I'm kind of like my heart's back in it. It's special to me again, but for a good like five or six years it was just stuff in my way, you know. Yeah, I know I know the detached feeling. Uh I, I remember seeing certain kind of like cool like you know, collector nerd presents that I had, I had given to my, my friend that owned the shop. And, uh, once in a while I go in and something I had given him like 15 years ago that he forgot who gave it to him is up on the shelf with a price tag on it. 
<laughs> and I'm like, happens. in the back of my head, I'm like, that's it, buddy. From now on, you get exactly what you love. Dunkin' Donuts gift cards. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and that was, you know, that was, that was pretty much that. Like, uh, my LCS doesn't buy collections off anybody. Matter of fact, they just moved to like a, a smaller place and he's like selling like three, like big, big comic book, like angled, uh, shelves that are, you know, won't, won't fit in the new spot. And I'm like, but he's, he's got five of my six foot bookshelves that used to be at my, the house I was renting, uh, when I went into the coma and I'm like six months ago, I go, Oh dude, I really need my bookshelves back. I got no place to put anything. So I'm at a standstill for like, you know, just, you know, shifting stuff around and in my, in my loft, because there's like comic books everywhere. There's toys everywhere. And I'm like, I got no place to put this stuff. I need bookshelves so I can stack it up there. Well, and, organization is key to the stuff. It's, it's a lot more fun when it can be neat. Yeah. And you know, when, once it gets there, then people can stop saying, Oh, he's streaming from work again. Look, he's in, he's in the warehouse. Cause I, I, I have a loft in uh in one of those, uh, factory apartment complexes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's nice. My daughter's got her room. I got my room. And then we have 2,300 square feet, you know, open open area. So not too shabby. You know, I like it. Yeah, well, some of those loft spaces in the factories where they've renovated them out are pretty cool. Like, I've, there were, uh, I spent a little time in Cleveland. I hate it. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Cincinnati boy. But, um... They they had some beautiful places up there that were pretty reasonably priced that were uh, uh, basically factories that they renovated out into these cool loft apartments and they were they were pretty slick they were very modern very nice yeah, I, I was a little jealous of some of them to be honest this used to be a a, fir- uh, a curtain factory outlet in uh, like the eighteen hundreds yeah and there's there's an inlet off off the bay that comes into the river in, in this town uh, and it meets with, so it's like salt and fresh mixed. Yes. And uh, the boats actually used to come up the river and stop like right out in front of our place, like about 20, 20 30 feet down the river. And there was like uh, a docking area, which is a building that they just recently tore down because uh, it was just, you know, dilapidated. It was, you know, a couple of, a few hundred years old and it was just falling apart. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they, uh, they just tore it down, but that's where the, that's where the boat used to stop and dock and they would unload like, you know, all the linen supplies and, you know, you know, the metals that they would use to, uh, to make it and, and barrels of dye and everything else. And they would just haul it up you know, on, on, on pallets and, and forklifts into the main building. So I just, I just thought it was, you know, you know, kind of cool and interesting, but I've got, I've got these big giant ceilings behind me. So. Well, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, that's kind of environment that um, it can, it can, even if times are tough, it can make things a little easier. So you can look out and kind of take your mind off things and see the water and, uh, you know, yeah, just the, just enjoy your space a little more than if you're crammed into like an apartment complex. 
Yeah, it's 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 a uh, you know three floors of factory, and there's some business offices on the first floor. But you know, I can I can go out I can go out front, and there's like some picnic tables and a small like uh, like jungle gym area for the smaller kids. Yeah, and you know, hang off the water, and you know, and the only thing to get used to is uh, the backyard is the freight yard for the uh, the local freight train. So one o'clock in the morning, uh, uh, three, three and six. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how I know that. Yeah, yeah, you're living by that maritime uh, timing. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like the train wakes me up. I go, uh, damn train. Oh, gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> two birds, one stone. Yeah, exactly. So this is just amazing. I like this is this is the cover. This is going to be the cover of the book. No, that's just a promotional image. I had done this uh, like um, Akira Toriyama kind of ripoff styled version. Like, what if the characters were an anime cartoon? And this was just something I did for fun, like two or three years ago. And uh, a colorist friend of mine, Jaro, on Twitter, he um, asked if he could just throw some colors on it. I said, sure. And then he made it into this cool, like, uh, movie poster looking kind of thing. And I got such a good reaction to it that I was like, well, we'll put it up. It's going to go in the book, like, as, a, as gallery art. But oh, nice. um, I'll probably use it for, like, posters and things like that down the road once I can, you know, keep my brain wrapped around other things at the same time. I'm just a little too busy to take on all that. But, uh yeah, it was just it was just fun images. The actual the the hardbacks will just say death, death, death really big on the cover. There there will be no actual artwork on the cover of the hardbacks. The manga will have a color cover. So just some of the slight differences. Very cool. Yeah, you have three editions. You have the uh the black and white line art, mm-hmm. uh the full color and uh the manga edition. Yep. Those are the three being offered. The only thing outside of that is I just offer them in combo packs if somebody wants the two hardbacks or the hardbacks and the manga. So I have that option for uh, folks that want all three. But um, yeah, keeping it simple this first round. It's a 300-page book, so I really don't have any option in it. I can't take on too much else right now. Yeah, I mean, 300 pages. That's, you know... It's a ton of work. It's it's about a year. If you're if you're a monthly artist, that's about a year's worth of work. So it's it's definitely a lot to uh to get done. Um the only luxury I have is I started on this a few years ago in between paid gigs. So I've been able to amass about half of the work in that time. And now I've I've only got one other big project I'm doing in between and it's a book with yellow flash. So No oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, more manga-styled, so it's not going to be what people are used to seeing from me. There will still be touches of it, like the backgrounds will still have the detail and stuff, but it's drawn very much to look like a, an Asian comic book rather than a Western comic. Hey, that's good. Yeah, but it makes my life a little easier. It's something I can do in a reasonable amount of time and not get overwhelmed, where Death, Death, Death is such an intense book that even though I can... I know what I'm doing, so I can blast through a lot easier than I do paid work because there's no 
nobody's telling me to make changes or adjustments or do this or do that. It's solely my control. So it does move a lot faster than paid gigs, but, um, it's, uh, it's still very detail intense. So it does take a little, little time to get through some of those pages, depending on what I'm working on. Oh yeah. It's, it's very, it's everything I've seen just on the campaign pages, super late labor intensive. So, uh, the only luxury I really have in that is so much of what you see is like it's techniques I've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of – some things look super hard and they're not. And other things probably look easy and those were not easy. It's kind of a role reversal from what people would think. So it's it's one of those kind of books where you could say, oh, God, I bet it took all day to draw all those rocks. I'm like, no, I've drawn 10 zillion rocks. That was the easy part. <laughs> the hard <laughs> part was making the guy's body look right when he was jumping or, you know, something like that. So so how, how long has this story uh, been going around in your head? Well, I'd say in some, some infancy stage of the story, it's been floating around in my head for about four or five years. Um. And, you know, some people have seen artwork that goes back even farther than that, but it wasn't really a story then as much as it was like, I've got some character ideas, but I don't know what to do with them yet. Like, I've Mm -hmm. got some interesting looks and interesting things that are visually interesting, but it doesn't add up to a story. It's just that it's neat to me. So um, it eventually got to a point, I'd say probably like two and a half, three years ago, where I really started to, I buckled down and was like, this has to be a cohesive story. I've got to find a way to make the beats and the themes work in a way that makes sense and isn't um, isn't silly or has too many loose ends or so much mystery that you feel left unfulfilled. Um, that's why I went with 300 pages too, because I knew like I've got about eight to 10 volumes in mind. And I need each I need each one to feel like its own story, even though it's all connected. So that's kind of how I approached it was if no matter which book you get, at least you'll get one that is it has a beginning, middle and an end. But it's just open ended just enough for the next one to come into play. But you don't need the next one to still enjoy the one you have, you know, so it's kind of like you can watch Empire Strikes Back and never watch Return of the Jedi. You know, Empire is that good that if you never see Return of the Jedi, you still have a very fond memory of Empire. So it's very much like that. Um, and I'm giving people a full season. Like if you're looking at it in TV terms rather than like a 48 pager that's the equivalent to like two episodes. I'm trying to give people that that one full complete season, that one full block where you can really enjoy it for a while until I can get that next uh, book ready to go. Oh yeah, that's it's a it's a it's a smart way to go. And the the first thing that flashed into my head as soon as you said like eight to ten volumes is, wow, this is your berserker. In a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, there's the obvious um, influence and homage stuff in this to berserk, but um, it's it, my favorite stuff has longevity and it has quality for a long period of time whether it's the same creative team or whatever and that's one of the great things about berserk is yeah he had some assistance the last like five or six years but prior to that that was one guy drawing writing 
coming up with all that. And granted, it was broke down into shorter segments when it was serialized in Japan. But I mean, he was still pumping it out like weekly <laughs> for a long time. Like 20 pages a week is insane to, to do the work that to do the detail level and the writing that Berserk was. So I'm obviously giving myself a, a good bit of difference in time compared to what he had. But um, I also don't have a team of assistants. I don't have a whole bunch of people helping me. So I just had to I had to do a slow burn. You know, I had to, I've had friends of mine and other creators telling me to launch this for the last like two years. And I'm like, I would love to, but I just, I can't because it's going to be so long before people get it. And even in this case, I gave myself a huge amount of leeway just in case. So I just pray to God that, that prices aren't dramatically different by time, you know, October, September of 2022. So a lot of what I'm doing is based off of what the costs are of things right now. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this page that I've got up on the screen and it looks amazing. I'm, I'm partial to blue, but you know, mm-hmm. It, it still looks amazing. And that bottom panel there is is killer. But then we just look at your line art for it. Uh, just the black and white version of that same last panel. Uh, there's a whole nother level of crazy in that guy's face. Yeah, you can really see things differently. And that's, that's kind of why I did that. Because... Um, while I'm one of those guys where I don't mind color um, canceling out line work in a way, like letting the color do its job and be what makes everything polished and finished looking, because I'm all about the best looking product at the end of the day, um, I knew that the line art held its own weight in this. And I didn't want to deny people being able to see the lengths I went to with ink before I even got to the color. And a lot of people just really wanted a line art edition. So I was like, well, we're going to do a black and white line art. We'll do our grayscale manga for the manga people, and it'll fit on their shelf nice. And um, a color one for people that are just, you know, it's it's uh, the colors for the people that are used to Western comics. And I'm just like, I don't know why everybody wouldn't want all three versions. Because they're all going to be the same read but they're all going to be immensely different looking books. Yeah. And I think it will give people a different feel too, because the, the black and whites will leave a little bit up to the imagination and you'll, your emotional base will be based off of the images you see just in line art. The color is all mood coloring. So it can change how you feel about certain situations just based on that. And then the manga is all grayscaled. So you've got a, you know, you've got three different sets of moods that different things could create depending on which book you read. Yeah. I mean, this looks amazing. And then when it, then the, this page goes like all red, it's like an entirely different page. I agree. And I, I, I kind of go for a certain amount of that to on purpose. You know, I, I, I intentionally like nothing's really literal colored unless it just falls into the palette I'm using for a certain chunk of pages. Like I, uh, I approached all this with mood coloring cause I had to develop a, a style of color that allowed me to move quick. And the only way I could do it was I had to basically take and put strict rules on how I was going to approach the color. And I said, I'm going to pick a palette for each chunk of story and I'm going to stick with that no matter what, because I know it will work. 
Because it always does. If you have, you know, your five to six colors that all match each other and mm-hmm. look good together, you can you can use that for a six or eight page segment of story and it will just look beautiful when you're done. Even though your urges will be to do things literal, it just it gives you just a better overall look and a more original feel. So I that's the approach I'm taking with it. And um, so far it's working out pretty good for me. And this is the grayscale uh, yep. manga version? Yep, that's that what same the mom. page. Yeah. Yep. I like it. I just got uh I just got in the hardcover cuz uh I mean I I grew up when I was like, you know, around my daughter's age, we were watching like uh the old Force 5 cartoons, Star Blazers, Captain Harlock. Yeah. And I I just got uh Captain Harlock classic of volume 1 uh the manga edition in hardcover. So I've been I've been reading that and I'm like, oh and then you know, of course everybody's like, You're weaving. No. <laughs> Shut up. Well, I'm, not, it, I'm not B Rose yet. The the catch is it's not anyone's fault that the Japanese just do ninety percent of entertainment better than the rest of us. The only thing they, they really lack in is live action film. Um, they don't do that as well as the States. But outside of that one thing, they basically make better video games better uh, cartoons, better comics. Just they're, they're, It's just a different world over there because art's part of the culture, yeah, and yeah. it's not looked down upon the way it is here. It's, it's, I mean, the government sponsors some of the biggest manga competitions in the world. That's how much they care about it, that the government's like, no, nobody's fucking with manga. This is ours. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just... And, and, and here in the, in the reds and the whites are just like you know, blowing off the page. Well, I love glowy stuff too. Like I like things that that add light where there isn't any light really. So I really, that's something I almost have to try to like rein myself in with because I will get really carried away with it if I'm not careful. But yeah, I like things to, I just like lighting. I like things to feel like they glow and you can see the light bouncing off of everything. Yeah, like I can almost hear sound effects off this page. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm which is like... which is great because that's I really wanted this to be animated originally, but mm-hmm. um, that process was just so difficult for me to do on my own because I wanted sounds. I wanted you to hear the the crickets in the air in the woods. I wanted you to hear leaves rustling. I wanted you to hear intense music during high action or high emotional scenes. I can't do that with a comic, so I'm getting as close to it as I possibly can and uh, hoping people's imaginations fill in the gaps. Well, my problem is any time I'm reading a book that's this intensive, uh, you know, like on, on this page, it would either be, you know, the, the music that would be playing in the back of my head would, you know, either be out of Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, maybe, yeah. Battle, maybe Battlestar Galactica. Maybe. The, the original, maybe. Hey, you know, Paul from Bonanza was in Battlestar Galactica, so we'll cut us some slack. You know, it's yeah. not bad. Who who can't love Lauren Green? He's a saint. I mean, come on, he fed the dogs. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the book, it, it's just to get into the story a little bit. Um, the, the beats of it basically are, it's about a family unit, uh, a mother, a father, and a child. 
they are on the run from uh, their former tribe because they're kind of like savages. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're very wild creatures. It's not that they're they're dumb like animals, but the bulk of them are. You know, it's it's the, the smart ones kind of you know who the leaders are and why they're the leaders because their their intelligence excels the bulk of the group. Um, and they live on this planet and this planet, even though it looks like earth, it's the place where God sent all the creatures that were too big and too consuming for earth, like your Leviathans and your behemoth and your dinosaurs and any other random creature. I just feel like making up. Um, so that's kind of the premise of where this takes place at is it starts on earth during the biblical flood so that you get to know who the human esque characters are, the Atlanteans. And then it quickly transfers you over to the planet where God has placed the uh, creatures just not fit for earth. And that's, um, that's the premise of where it all kicks off from. And there's one other side group. There's basically three fractions. There's the tribal savages, which is your, your very, Naturey savage group of people that are violent and extreme. You've got your uh, your techie ones, which are the Atlanteans, and then you've got your in between, like your your kind of your masters of the universe characters, where technology meets magic and the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of like the original natives of the planet that want it back. So you've got all three of these colliding, and the family units kind of stuck in the middle of all of this collision. So that's what the story will focus around is the uh, bad times creating strong people and um, the, the, the family unit being the, the ones that are trying to survive uh, the circumstances they've been dealt by other people where they had nothing to do with it. Really. There's a lot of blood on this page. Yeah. Well, that's uh, (laughs) a, That's just to give people a little taste. You know, it's like the, the book's not gratuitously gory. Like, it's it's not there just for fun. Um, it all has, like, a point and a reason. But, um, you know, the title is Death, Death, Death. So there's I had to give be, people a little gonna, taste. Yeah, there's going to be some death involved. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a war book in a lot of ways, too. You know, it's it's half a setup so that you know what's going on. And then it's the other half's really... Uh, the, where the war kicks off and that aspect of it. And it will continue to be a war book for a good chunk of the volumes. Yes, I just love this imagery with kind of like the, the smoke going off the head. Thank you. Yeah, well, this is like uh, I when I had got back working like full time on this again, after I had wrapped up a few other gigs I had to finish, um, I was sitting back down with it and I was looking at the beginning and I was like, you know, I'm a little bored right now. Like I've been doing this for so long that I, and I got to refine and fix some things in the beginning, but I feel like there needs to be something else. So I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just put two pages in the beginning that will have context later in the book, but just to set you up, to entice you to go, what, you know, what led to this page that we're looking at now? So that that was kind of the thing where it's it's giving you a blip into the future of what's going to happen later in the book, and you're kind of just seeing where things are going to end up, and then you get to watch the mystery play out to see where what what led us to a point where there's giant robot heads with tiny people walking in front of them, why there's dinosaurs with their heads blown off, why there's strange looking you know robotic creatures that don't seem to be on each other's side despite looking similar. 
why there's organic mechs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Very cool. Okay, this is this is my favorite panel <laughs> on the campaign page. This is just completely badass. Well, thank you, man. It's it's that's one of my favorite characters. I can't wait to uh, be able to get into him more as the the book goes on because I think he's going to really be a fan favorite character despite being a villain. We we like villains. We can yeah. be honest. About it. Yeah, we everyone love loves him. Darth Vader, and I mean mm -hmm. Darth Vader was a terrible human being. <laughs> we still love him. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's like my father was a Jedi. Your father was a child murderer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but this is uh this is General Red Nova. So he is um he's basically one of the top military commanders in the villain's army. So that's kind of the role he'll play as a uh as one of the, the key villains. Um and you'll get little taste of his backstory throughout too. Like I'm not giving every inch of every character away, but I'm definitely there, there will be uh, tidbits of flashbacks and things like that so that some questions are answered and you can grow some attachment to these characters, you know. Yeah, some some hints to, you know, keep reeling people in deeper yeah. and deeper to the lore and the story. Yeah, because, I mean, with any good story, it's even with the, the Darth Vader reference again, we, we, we had ideas of what led to him being some guy in some scary-looking suit. But we never knew the exact details of it, um, so that's kind of how I how I'll play this. You'll get you'll get tidbits and you'll get hints and you'll get little flashbacks to kind of show what's what's led to the point we're at. But I don't want to give every single bit of it away immediately. It'll kind of come together as the story progresses, as it needs to be told. You know. Yeah, just the imagery of just this single panel is just so intense. Well, thank you, man. That's a it's a lot of what I'm going for with this. I really want to. Um, I personally am at a point in life where I've seen enough pop culture to where I've I've slimmed down what I truly care about. And I think if you really want people to care about something long term, it it a has to be interesting, b has to be visually uh, interesting and fun, and the story has to have payoff. And if you can make all that stuff meet. Um, you've got a timeless product that will outlast, you know, it'll outlast me. If I can get through all 10 volumes in the next 10 or 12 years, um, I really think I've made my, my stamp on the industry and in storytelling at that point. Oh, for sure. I mean, I just can't get, I've, I've stared at this image for like hours, like the whole, the whole time, uh, you were on, uh, with Shay and Cy the other day, which was more than entertaining, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> they're they're um, good friends. So yeah, I've known them for a while. But I mean, the the helm with the with the horns and the and the face and the cape. You know, he's got a cape and a sword and armor. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's got. He gives you a little bit of that. You can tell he know he's he's in a world where there's technology, but he's still carrying a sword. You know, he's. He's a he's a mixed bag. I, I really I wish I could tell people more about him because I want to so bad because I know how cool it is, but I know not to give too much away either. We'll find out plenty next year. Yeah. And this uh, this image here was kind of like um, 
I was sitting around one night working on some pages, and I thought, you know, I want one culmination image that sums up like a good chunk of the book. It doesn't tell you everything, but it, it kind of shows off at least our key players in the first third of the book. So I, I've been trying really hard to put together uh, cool designs and cool things that illustrate metaphorically how intense things will get, even though uh, some of this stuff may not literally happen in the book. They might not all be literally stuck to a ball of eyeballs and faces, <laughs> but it gives you an idea of the weird levels to expect in the book. So I, I do go for uncomfort and weird, but it's not always in a gross way. It's just imagery that, that makes you uneasy without you really knowing why, because nothing disturbing is happening. Yeah, this this comes off as something that I would see, like, back in the day and, you know, at the, like, a title page to one of the stories in, like, a heavy metal magazine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And a little more intense with the with the mood color. Mm-hmm. A little scarier. Yeah. yeah, well, it's that that's what's fun about color. You can achieve completely different things once color comes into the picture. So, I I know some artists are really weird about color and about stuff people coloring over their line art. I'm just not like that because I've been coloring over my own line art for so long that if it if it benefits the art to lose some lines, then that's just the case when it comes to color. I like color, you know, <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm one of those people where I like everything. So it's hard for me to even personally live with just a color or just a line art version. So I had to put it all out there uh, partially to satisfy myself. Cause I've been working for other people for 20 years. This thing here, this is a hundred percent my way or the highway. So, um, it's it's it will it will fail or succeed solely on my back and i'm doing it exactly the way i want and that's just how it's going to work it's a perfect way to do it too well some people need um constructive criticism they need someone to guide them along a little bit i've done this for so long now that like i know when something sucks or when it's not good enough I know if the way I'm trying to connect a portion of the story from one event to the next, if it's just filler or if it's something really slick and clever that actually makes sense and comes off good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, it's almost like I've, I've had constructive criticism my whole life. I don't need it any longer on the scale that I did when I was a young artist. And um, I mean, I still take it from people. I'll still ask, you know, friends and other qualified individuals what they think of things. But um, ultimately it's it's going to be what I want at the end of the day, either way. Oh, yeah. It, it's cool to see that image that was underneath the lettering that your friend colored there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, He did such a good job on it, too. It's so fun, you know. So that's that's some of the – that kind of stuff. You know, people want to see more of that, too. So someday I might do a little bit more with a – manga side of things in terms of making it look like literally like an anime cartoon jumping out of the screen onto the page but we'll cross those bridges later and here's the opening panel to the video and this is this is just so intense 
Well, you know, you've got the uh, you've got the angel coming through the clouds on the uh, page prior, and this is what led up to that. This is this would be the page right after that. So, and there's even there's probably like five or six more pages to this where it's just uh, our characters being introduced through this giant angel creature. Because this book's filled with deities, demons, angels. Um, the supernatural is just as prevalent and relevant as any technology would be. In fact, the planet itself is supernatural. So you will see odd things that have no explanation whatsoever, just rock formations floating in the sky. Why? Who cares? It's just there. And it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. I'm just um, the guy that's gotta look at all these pages and be like, Cool. I like the the, the gear in in the angel's right eye there. Yeah. Well, she's completely mechanical now. She's only got one organic part left, and it's her other eye. Yeah. Uh, that's that's her I last. Know, I, I yeah. know Cy was very sad about that, but you know. <laughs> well, we got to keep it classy. This is yeah. that this book's all about being classy. You have to keep going. So stretch goal ten k. Yeah, it's, I. I did. I didn't want to cough up original art on this one, and I know everyone's like, dude, you know how much money you'd make by now? It's like, yeah, I do know, but I also have a certain level of – um, I, I've said it a hundred times. I'm doing what I want. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. about money, but it's not all about money on this round. I've got other gigs to make money. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it my way, and uh, I might be a little more attached to these pages than to anything else that I've done in the past. Exactly, because I have. I've sold almost all my original art. I don't really have that much of it left. So this is stuff that I'm pretty attached to. Um, yes, there's 300 pages, so I can cough up some of it, but I, I don't want to. But I, I will do it once certain financial hurdles are crossed as a way of saying thank you and making something available for the people that really, really want it. And, you know, eventually I'll be able to take more commissions on again and people can get artwork from me anytime. It's just right now I have to be really picky about it. I'm, I'm really only doing, like, side work for other creatives. I'm not so much taking uh, commissions from the public at this point. Yeah, well, you might, you might be a tad busy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the, featured, the featured tier is... Uh... The three pack, uh, color line art and manga for eighty five. Yep. And it's uh, the mang the manga is going to be uh, is going to be paperback, and the other two a hardcover, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, I wanted things to still fit with people's collections well, so the manga edition will. Um, it will be five by seven point five. It will fit on your shelf with all your other uh, manga, just right. And um, it'll be a thick, heavy book. It's it's going to be three hundred page book, so it'll still be sizable, but it will fit right in with your collection and not throw the scale off. And the hardcovers, where it's close to, you know, our standard comic sizes, I could get. Uh, you enter into the book realm with that with that size when you're going with hardcovers. So oh yeah, um, that it's, amount, it's that, that amount of pages, yeah. It's slightly bigger, but not much. It will still pretty much fit in your long box with your other stuff. Or on a bookshelf or wherever, you know, a person decides. Yeah. Well, oversized 
books, I use a magazine box. There you go. You know, so somewhere in, in, in the land of short boxes here are filled with, you know, hardcovers, trades, magazines, uh, some 2000 AD stuff, heavy metal, uh, and just some stuff that I bought from some of the some of the CG creators uh, overseas, which I like because I get more art that way. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a this is a side note, but um, I was listening to uh, the Barton Brothers interview with David Finch the other uh, other night, and mm-hmm. uh, David Finch said he was he's working on his own personal project right now. He wouldn't give away too many details, but he's drawing it oversized. So every page is drawn on full spread style, oh, like two, wow. two 11 by 17s put together. And I was like, what a jerk. Like I thought I was outdoing everybody. Oh, and David Finch has to come in here and be like, yeah, I'm drawing everything oversized. I was like, good Lord. Like everyone's trying to up the ante right now. So that got me tickled. Cause I was like, imagine a full book of David Finch artwork printed oversized. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I'm like, yeah. I've got uh, from the the run that uh, he and his wife did on on Wonder Woman. I've got uh, I've got an issue of that. I've got like three different copies of that same issue too. Uh, yeah, and they were like you know the A and B cover, but uh, I've got the I've got the bloodier of the covers from that issue. Uh, I, I scored a cop. I got it. I got it signed by uh, both David and Meredith. So I'm like, I go, okay. When I when I dump all my Wonder Woman stuff, uh, if my daughter does, if my daughter doesn't want it and she doesn't seem to be that interested in it, because well, you know, it's not manga. Uh, yeah. That's that'll be the one that I keep out of it. Well, you know. Finch, he's one of those guys where it's hard to cough up his books down the road because you know how how just interesting they are to look at and how high end the artwork is. Like he's one of those oh, guys yeah. where um, his style really started to define itself when he was working on Ascension, and it's just been uphill from there. Like the guy just gets better. Some people decline in age because you know it's you get older, it's harder to to keep up on certain aspects of things and the time they consume. But that guy just gets better and better and better. Oh yeah, and then you had the the breakdown of the uh, the other tiers. the uh, The manga edition is eighteen dollars. Yep. Uh, the hardcover line art is thirty, and the full color hardcover is forty five. Yeah. And then you've got a you've got a line art and color two pack. So the both both the, you can get both hardcovers for seventy, or you can just get all three in the featured tier for eighty five, which seems like it makes more sense to me. It, well, you save a little money that way. It's the 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 price per book is a little cheaper than buying them individually. You're saving like five bucks a book, about somewhere in that realm. Um, and the shipping's a tad cheaper too. I I tried to give as much incentive as I could because I'm not offering a bunch of extra tchotchkes and trading cards and stuff like that. I would love to. I just, I can't <laughs> keep up on all of it. Um, so 
it, it gives everyone some option and it allows things to stay simple enough that I can keep my head wrapped around all of it. Yeah. Well, your days have to be divided into thirds. Yeah. You know, first third of the day, I work for other creators. Second third of the day, I'm with the family. Last third of the day, I'm working on my book. And <laughs> pretty much, oh, I mean, and, literally, and then, you know, a couple hours of sleep in between. And that's, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. It, I literally don't even have like scheduled time for sleep. I generally just crash at my desk at some point. Like I literally pass out and um, I don't, I've told people I don't really sleep anymore. I just black out at some point and wake up <laughs> later. Like there's, there's no, there's rarely a time where I'm like, okay, time for bed. I just wake up the next day somewhere in my home. And that's how that, that plays out. So, I mean, I've, the problem is I've been living that way for 18 years now. And at some point I want that, that, that do good enough that I can kind of stop doing that, that I can, I can just know I'm working on one book and I can go to bed and actually sleep like a normal human being and give my family better quality time here. So, Well, hopefully when you can do that, your wife doesn't wake up in the middle of the night and scream because you're actually in the bed. Yeah. 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 There, there's there. It's, it's been, it's been some years since we've all uh, had normal bedtimes where I go to bed with everybody else. Like there's been spats of it, but it's far and few in between at this point in life. So I'll, I'll get there eventually. It's everything's a, uh, a battle of will and just being patient and knowing that uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I, I, that's one thing I always have to remind myself, like, it's not going to be like this forever. This is just the, this is, it's just like when you sign up for the military, you know, four years of your life are gone and mm -hmm. you just got to get through it. So this is the same way. I just got to bear with it for a while. And eventually things will play into my favor as long as I, I do my, my end of the bargain correctly. Oh, for sure. I mean, this whole, everything that I've seen here just looks amazing. And the intricacy of your line work is astounding. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, I've, I've put my entire life into, to drawing like that's, I never had backup plans. I never had any other options. It was, this is what I want to do with myself. And I've known that ever since I was a five-year-old from the first time I had my first few comics and toys and cartoons, like this is the stuff I want to be involved in and in some oh, capacity. I want, I want to make this. Yeah. And, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's one of those things where I know uh, it can be tough when you're not getting the results you want as a creator. But if you really, if you really focus and stick with it, it will fall into place. Those the that stuff about um, like ten thousand hours of drawing, that's true. All of that's true. Like the time you spend on these things will eventually pay off um, if you are trying to be better and not just doing things to to get them finished and just doing the bare minimum. But if you are truly trying to be better at what you do all the time, you'll get to a point, and I'm at that point where. Um, I'm seeing all the art, artwork I've done and all the comics I've drawn over the years, everything culminating to my own styles finally kind of coming into play here. And I, I don't have to question how to approach things anymore. I just know what to do. So I'm still learning. Don't get me wrong. I'm always learning because I'm never 100% satisfied. I'm usually about 90% satisfied with everything I do. 
but that I think that's just the natural the natural way artists are if they want to be better at what they do. Well, you've got the double-edged sword because, I mean, you know, you're a musician and an artist. Guitarists and artists are never quite happy with everything they do. They always want to improve. You always want to improve on it. You know, guitar player, when he goes to lay down tracks, is never happy with the first track. Even if they go back and decide, yeah, that first track doesn't sound too bad after 18 hours. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, maybe if I just do this, then this image will speak to me. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things uh, I've joked around with, uh, with artists on, on the show and, you know, on other, you know, panel, panel shows where, you know, uh, I know Jim O'Reilly is never happy with his art. And I go, I go, Jim, I've sent you my address three times. You still have not sent me all the art that you hate. <laughs> how, how much do you really hate it? Right, yeah, he, he doesn't hate it enough to to send it. He goes, well, I'll sell it to you. I go, yeah, I know. I've got like three or four pieces. <laughs> oh, and that's that's the thing, man. It's like uh, you have to be able to be satisfied, but you also have to be level-headed enough to know there's there's always room to be better. And yeah. it's, it's a balancing act. And I think people that are too artsy or too emotional are not cut out for it. And that's kind of the thing is like, I'm extremely artsy and I put a lot of emotion into the art, but I'm also, um, I'm also kind of conservative in my, um, in the way I approach those things in terms of like, I'm not going to get too emotionally been out of shape about the final product. If it's, if it's damn near perfect to me, you know, I'm not going to self deprecate, but I'm also not going to pat myself on the back and say it's perfect. You know, it's it's somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. You get you get that happy medium point where you've worked on a piece for X amount of hours and you either go back, you either leave it alone and go back the next day and get, you know, bring, you know, fresh eyes back onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there's got to people have to um, they have to accept that they're only as good as they are at that moment in time. You'll get better later. You weren't as good five years ago, but you're you're still you're as good as you can be in the moment, and that's about all we can really do. And it's it's the same idea of only being able to make decisions based off of the information you have right now. You can't tell the future on certain things. You can try to predict, but it's the same idea. You just have to do the best you can do at this moment in time with the knowledge and the skill set you have and just try to improve as you're moving along and if you do it enough you will naturally improve without even realizing that's what's happening you'll just realize one day like the work comes to you easier it's not as hard to accomplish certain things and um you can see it manifest on the page itself you know oh yeah for sure it's i i will look forward to uh to definitely backing this before it before you finish your run I know it's going in demand, but uh, once I once I get a couple things out of the way, I definitely want to get on. I mean, it's a three hundred page book. It you know as long as it you know as long as it's going to take you to make this, uh, you know, 
could be as long as it takes me to read it. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's it, it. Yeah, everyone's got plenty of time to buy in at their own um, discretion, you know, and at, at the, uh, their own rate at which they can. Um, so, yeah, I'm not super worried in that sense. I know time is on my side and it's also on the consumer side because it's going to take mm -hmm. me a little while to get this all done. But um, I, I was, you know, once I hit around that halfway mark, I felt comfortable going ahead and putting it out there. And I just, I, it's been driving me nuts. I've just wanted to, to do this for so long now that I was like, I just got to jump on it. I can't put this off any longer. Yeah, I've got other gigs in the works, but I've, I'm not going to be happy with myself if I keep putting this off any longer. Yeah, you have, you have to, you know, get behind it and, and move forward with it. And I mean, it's... Oh. At some point, you need money to move things along faster and more efficiently. Yeah. And it's, that's where it came into play. It was like, if I'm ever going to get this done before I'm, you know, 60 years old, I've got to get some money in the process so that I can start paying out some other people to speed this up for me. Yeah, it just uh, it the imagery in this book from what we can see just here on the you know on the campaign page is just astounding, man. Oh, so, thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's definitely a labor of love and the reactions I've got to it have been absolutely spectacular. I really appreciate everyone's kind words. So I mean, congratulations cuz this is this is just insane. Thank you. And, you know, for, for not even being through my first 30 days yet, I can't complain. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not doing, like, like big dog money, but it's steady, and I'm getting new backers every day for the past, you know, 20, however many days, about 23 days or whatever it's been. So um, I've advertised it as a slow burn throughout the years and shown artwork, and I'm kind of going to have to sell it the same way. So it's it's going to take a little bit, but ultimately I have a lot of faith that this thing will do some pretty good money when it's all said and done. And uh, I know the fan base will come back for more because they will love this book. I have zero doubts that um, it, it will be a timeless product. Oh, for sure. Well, I want to thank you taking your, uh, your your time out on a Friday evening to, uh, to talk to me about the book and uh, – why don't you let everybody know uh, where they can where they can find you online and follow you, uh, and of course the the link for the book is and the campaign is in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching us, and it's also in the live chat. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, it is uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can either search for uh, King Toad Incorporated Joe Ball, which is our studio, but you can also do my at, which is at comic art master one the number one um and you will find me on twitter there uh i'm on instagram is john joseph ball which is my actual name which i would like to go by but it's kind of too late for that um everyone just knows me as joe ball so mm -hmm. i just got to go with both they'll, they'll get used to it the more my work's out there um and those are the two easiest places to find me. I don't really do a whole lot on Facebook. That's more for like family stuff. So I don't really advertise that as much because it's just not a place where I, I do a whole lot. Um, but yeah, Instagram, John Joseph Ball. 
uh, Twitter at Comic Art Master One, and I will I will gradually put uh, updates on the campaign as well. Right now, it's mostly campaign related updates. Mm-hmm. Um, I will show some artwork too, but I'm trying to be careful and not seep out just tons of pages just because I have tons of pages. It's real easy to get um, to want to just show things to people, but I don't want to spoil half of the book just because I can, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I want to keep people enticed. I give them little bits and pieces of, of what's to come, but I don't want it to be to such a point to where they've already seen half of the book before it even gets in their hands. Yes, it's exactly. You gotta leave. It's tempting, man. I get tempted every day. Like just, just throw six pages up. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't throw six up at once. That's just, not a good idea, but my 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 heart wants me to do it so bad because I just want people to see what what's coming. Do not peek behind the curtain. Yes. Well, I want to thank you once again for uh, for coming and hanging out. Uh, as soon as we cut the live feed, I'm going to uh, download both the video and the audio of this, and I will upload it onto my podcast platform as soon as it clears. Spotify and the others, I will uh, I will share and tag the link for the uh, the downloadable version, and I will have this up on my Instagram, which is at JokerFan1969, and on Twitter at JokerFan. Awesome. And uh, we'll go from there. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, being able to talk to you, Joe. And hey, likewise, yeah. And uh, I will definitely look forward to getting this this book. It's like everybody's going to be like, what movie are you looking forward to seeing? Death, death, death. I haven't heard of that. Well, let me tell you. It's a movie you have to read. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, it's very animated. It, it is in a lot of ways, you know. So uh, thank you. Thank you once again. Uh all the best. Uh, we will keep sharing it out here. And uh, we were live tonight on, on Outright Geekery, on, on Twitter through Periscope, and on my YouTube channel. Everybody awesome. that tu- tuned in and uh, sat back and, and watched or listened, uh, thank you very much. And we will see you next time right here on the Creator's Outlet. Thank you. Bye, guys.